have a truly empathetic and just all round good professor. And he just kind of went, I'm not gonna give you homework for reading week. Your, your homework is like, go and pet a dog. And, and I'll call like, like, show me proof you pet a dog or something, I don't know. And he literally just like, just don't do anything. And That's I just- The best homework. I know. Welcome to the Bisexual Podcast. You're, I'm gonna do it. No, I'm gonna do it. Your favorite crafty queer Canadian content. I got to say that line this time because I have not been joined by Kelsey, but I have a very special co-host who you might know as Disyarnik. Harper, do you want to introduce yourself? I absolutely do not, but I will. Uh, I'm Harper B. Um, as John just said, I'm at Disyarnik on Instagram and other places. Um, I am a Toronto knitter, um, now, I guess, designer. Um, you say now like you haven't been designing for a year, at least? Yeah, um, <laughs> I still, I have a real problem with claiming titles for myself, so I feel weird just flat out saying like, hi, I'm a designer for knitwear. It feels weird and strange. It's sort of like how I used to actually be paid to like write things and I still didn't call myself a writer. <laughs> um, it just is wrong. Um, <laughs> Fair. But uh, yeah, I, I have been for um, over a year. Uh, been Well, I mean, I say for over a year. I've been knitting since I was five. So it's sort of like second nature, like knitting is literally just a thing that I have always done. Um, and by default or by extension um, designing, I just, I remember being like early teens and just, I grew up in a really rural place and I didn't have a lot of access to like fashion things. And I was a really angsty kid. So I like tried to knit my own corsets. So I would like sit and design like corsets out of, knitting it didn't work well these weren't good things but I tried and I learned a lot about constructing garments and other things through it in these extreme I tried you know I knit fishnets again bad but I did it and I learned some things while doing it um so I I've created my own knitting patterns for as more than half my life but I started writing them down and actually letting other people knit them over the past year <laughs> um which some would qualify as being a designer but the the jury's still out as far as I'm concerned we decided okay we decided to, I decided to frame it um as you being a co-host because I thought doing an interview would be way too stressful for both of us it, yeah I I actually like when you messaged me a hundred percent saw like almost as though you'd written it out I saw the thought process of like we're not gonna call it an interview <laughs> we're not gonna do I'm that. gonna pose it as hey you want to be the co-host because that sounds way less intimidating and you were right I'm like <laughs> I I cannot carry an interview by myself I know this about myself and I didn't want to put that kind of pressure on you so we're gonna hang out and talk about the literary villain you are that uh, based on your horoscope sign excellent because I, I discovered BookTube. Yes. And all I care about is books. Valid. <laughs> um, that's, that's exciting. I'm prepared to be utterly just raked over the coals. 
It's I, I this is fun. Cancers is fun. Okay. Normally, because I'm because I like Kelsey, I'm a cancer. And in fact, I'm a double cancer. So I'm just doubly roasted. Like every time I listen to the podcast. But yeah, no, every time you read Kelsey's uh, horoscope, whatever, and it's just like, just destroyed. Like, here's this emotional. You're emotional and sensitive and. And you're manipulative and you you cry a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't left the house in four days. It's me. (laughs) No, this one's fun. Um, This one, um, you're um, the Phantom of the Opera. Oh, there you go. The Phantom of the Opera is about as cancer as it gets. He lives underground, he plays an organ while crying, and he cannot stop sulking when he gets dumped. He also murders a lot of people because a girl hurt his feelings. He has all of that classic cancer sensitivity and self-pity, plus the ability to drop chandeliers on his enemies. <laughs> Amazing. Yes, to all of that's, it. That's not the worst. It's not the worst. Minus, you know, like the murdering, but... But he does it in like a fun, cool way. He does. And I will say, like, as as emotional as cancers are, like, this is a legitimate thing. If you make them upset enough, murder is very real as a possibility. It's not out of the question. It's it's not. You make it you make a cancer sad enough. <laughs> I believe it. What's yours? Who are you? I am Hannibal Lecter. Oh, that's way better. <laughs> Hannibal is surely the most charming cannibal in all of literature. Like any Libra, he's naturally charismatic, sophisticated, intellectual, and he enjoys eating human flesh. He likes to keep a good life murder balance and frequently eats people who are rude to him. With his maroon eyes and unnaturally keen sense of smell, he's just oozing with Libra magnetism. (laughs) Okay, never mind. I think you were the one who got roasted this week. (laughs) I think so. Yeah, I think... I mean... Well, all right. I I accept this. I accept this as, as my villain archetype i i've actually i've never consumed any silence of the lambs media i've never like i haven't watched hannibal i've never seen the movie i haven't read the book um i i have not read the book or watched the actual silence of the lambs movie but i did watch all of hannibal and i highly recommend it it's making a resurgence on tumblr for some reason yes um, that's probably because there's the Clarice series. They're, well, they're are they some... still going? Yeah, I, I'm not 100% sure what it is because I just don't, I just exist in a vacuum in which nothing, nothing from the outside world comes in anymore. I just sit with yarn. That's all I do. But I, I heard whispers through the yarn that there's something to do with like the Clarice character that they're bringing back in maybe a different show. I'm not sure. Anyway, so that's probably what it is. Hmm. But um, the actual, like the original Hannibal, I think it was two, two seasons. It's, it's quite a good watch. Um, I think it's quite artful in a really gory and grim way. Um, so if you don't mind some truly horrific manipulations of the human body, (laughs) it's, it's quite good. And for people who live in Toronto, there's a lot of little Easter eggs in just the scenery. Um, so, cause like Hannibal Lecter's office building is a building that's across from uh, Roy Thompson Hall. Oh, cool. Yeah, so you can actually walk past it. It's quite a pretty house. Um, and then uh, the University of Toronto Scarborough campus features quite prominently 
So there's just lots of little Easter eggs in it. That's um, fun. Which is quite fun. If you live in Toronto. I don't, maybe it's fun if you live elsewhere too, but I can't imagine why. Maybe I'll uh, put that on the docket after Riverdale. <laughs> which is, oh, it's... Riverdale treating you. How far in are you? In case you haven't noticed, I'm weird. I'm a weirdo. <laughs> somebody wrote those words. And then somebody else performed them. <laughs> and like, it's, it's beautiful. It, it truly is. Like, it's almost beautiful in its absolute trashness. Like, you have to admire the commitment to just that level of, of absurdity. So that's how far I am, is Jughead got to do his funky little speech. And I, I keep hearing that it gets worse. And I'm so intrigued. Yeah. It's one of those, like, I had to stop watching. I got to think to the end of, like, season two, I think. Um, and I just, I had to quit. I, I know I got to the end of a season. And it just hit a point of just, either I stop now or I keep going and I'm going to regret it in so many ways. It's like when I read Twilight, it was that level of like, I either keep going and hate it or I just, I just abandon ship and like accept it that I, I did it this far. Mm -hmm. um, and I just remember getting to the end of season two and just going, I just have so many questions. <laughs> it's wild. <sighs> <laughs> Um, okay, how about we don't do a Netflix review series and instead we have a, we have a mailbag, um, which is very exciting. I feel like you should have a little music segment for like the mailbag segment. It's like oh, a little music. True. Yeah, it's just like a nice little ditty. Yeah, nineties hmm. commercial jingle. Share sound. Ah, okay. So this is a submission from Althea. Hello, Bistitual Podcast. This is Althea calling in from New Jersey in the United States. I'm a longtime listener and fan of the show. I was just wondering if either of you have a favorite fiber to work with that isn't wool. And on the flip side, do you have a least favorite fiber? Personally, I've only knit with cotton once and I didn't like it at all. But maybe that was because it wasn't a good fit for the project I was using it in. Additionally, is there a fiber that you haven't worked with that you'd like to try? I was browsing yarn online recently and I saw a yak and silk blend that looked beautiful, but was sadly outside of my budget. I hope I can see yak-based yarn in person one day because I'm very curious to know how soft it is. Anyway, keep up the great podcasting work. That was art. <laughs> so thank you to Althea in New Jersey for her second ever mailbag. I, I first of all just have to applaud Althea on that just beautiful enunciation. Every word was crystal clear. That was magical. Um, <laughs> uh, do you want me to answer, or go for it? Yeah, I still have to figure out what I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> um, I I'm really excited by this question because I I have a fiber agenda, and my agenda is. A, and people who know me have heard me rant about this already many, many times, but my agenda is that um, BFL or Blueface Lester is the superior fiber. It's a superior wool. 
it is better than Merino, and I will fight you about this. Why? So the thing about Merino, and the, it's, it's actually why people love Merino wool, is that it's so soft. It's very, very, very soft. It's very gentle. People who, and I will give this to Merino, uh, people who generally are sensitive to wool can often wear Merino because it is so soft. Um, but because it's so soft, I find that you run into a lot of issues with pilling um, and with uh, durability. So if you're making something, and whether these are socks or a sweater um, or gloves, anything that has any kind of wear to it, um, merino kind of, it, it starts to pill. Um, so it gets super fuzzy. It stops looking as nice. And it, it tends to wear through. Um, and BFL, on the flip side, which um, is just a different type of sheep, um, it's very springy. Um, and it has, so I did research. I actually researched why BFL differs from Merino and why it's better. So um, BFL has a longer staple. So that's the length of the actual wool. Um, and um, because the staple is longer, there's less ends that come loose that sort of like peel up from the actual yarn and get fuzzy and then result in pilling. And also it's crimpier. It's a much, much, when you actually look at um, like the, the wool itself um, in its natural form, it's very, very crimpy, which gives it a lot of spring and lets, it gives it a lot of um, memory. So it, it wears a lot better than Merino. <clears throat> it also has incredible luster comparatively. Um, Merino is very soft, but it's, it's kind of dull versus BFL is quite, it has a really nice shine on it. It's really similar to silk in that way. Um, and also it's, um, what was the last thing? Uh, <laughs> in addition to the luster, it also has much nicer drape is the other thing. So if you're, if you're um, knitting a shawl or you're knitting like a sweater, um, it'll, it'll drape much nicer than Merino, which tends to be a little, um, a little like stiffer of a fabric. So, and that's why BFL is better than Merino. <laughs> huh. I don't think I've actually ever used BFL. It's lovely. Um, it's not, it's not scratchy. I don't know. People seem to think that if it's not Merino, then wool is like scratchy and stiff and dip and like not nice to work with. It's lovely. Um, I've knit a whole sweater out of BFL. It's lovely. And it is just as, fine it's not just as soft but it's soft enough and <laughs> <laughs> like with some wear hear... it gets a little softer no yeah it also softens with wear and with wash and um like blocking is magic so block anything it makes it perfect um every knitter believes this rightly or wrongly um and yeah and I think what really attracts me to it is just that um if I'm wearing something that is pure merino I'm I'm just afraid it's going to disintegrate. Like you can feel how soft it is and it doesn't feel durable versus you wear something that's BFL and it just, it's still soft, but it doesn't feel like it's going to fall apart. Mm -hmm. Which to me, if you're going to invest so many hours in making something, I want to feel like it's going to last. I don't want to be afraid to wear it. Yeah. Because we've all done that where you like, you knit something and then it's beautiful and then you never wear it. You never touch it again because you're like it's too precious i can't breathe on it and that's a, that's just such a waste yeah so the question is what do you like other than wool what do 
I like other than wool? I don't like cotton. And I don't like hemp. And I especially don't like cotton and hemp together, which is, <laughs> I'm literally wearing a sweater right now that's made out of a cotton and hemp blend. And never again. I hated every stitch of this sweater. <laughs> it's great. I wear it all the time. I hated knitting with it. Um, but that wasn't the question. Your question was what, what other than wool? Well, the, like. that was another part of the question is like, what don't you like? So there you go. Yeah. Um, I don't actually knit that often with things that are not wool for no particular reason other than I just, I'm really adamant about um, using up stash yarn. And I have so, I have almost exclusively just wool in, in its various forms, like different types of wool, but it's sheep. Um, mm. I have almost exclusively wool and I don't really like to go out of my way just to buy yarn, just to use it or just to have it rather. Um, so I do, I have knit with alpaca in the past and I do really like alpaca. I don't think it's a very um, useful fiber to go back to my um, adamant argument about BFL versus merino <laughs> and durability and like sturdiness of yarn. I think alpaca is so lush and soft. It's wonderful, but it, again, it just feels too fragile to me. Um, I knit a baby hat out of alpaca and it was the softest thing in the world. And I felt good about knitting a baby. It was a new, it was like fresh out of the womb baby hat. Um, and I felt really good about using alpaca for that because that baby is going to wear that hat for like three minutes and then they'll outgrow it, which I think <laughs> is about as long as I personally would feel comfortable wearing alpaca. The, the um, lifespan of alpaca is three minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. it. That's, and then you just got to take it off. Um, yeah, um, I am really interested to try um, bamboo because I've heard really nice things about it. And I've, I've seen the drape of it. And I think that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I just want to, I just want to touch it. That's it. I just, I want to knit with it so I can just touch it. Hmm. But um, yeah, other than that, no, I, I'm almost always just knitting with sheep stuff. It wasn't until like the last year or so when I started using things that weren't acrylic. Yeah. Oh. Michael's kept doing sales and I was like well I'm just gonna like make a thousand blankets blankets suck don't make blankets um they're just bigger shawls and if people complain enough about knitting shawls and shawls taking forever and then you need a blanket and you're just like this is just a shawl on a lot of drugs I just regret every single choice I made in my life that led me to that moment where I started making a blanket um Aren't you making a blanket right now? I sure am. <laughs> After I swore off making blankets when I finished my last blanket. So yeah, like, and like, I make like a lot of amigurumis and stuff. And I feel like I wouldn't use wool for that or cotton or I feel like acrylic would be more durable mm -hmm. and washable. Mm -hmm. That's actually super valid. Um, and now that you mentioned acrylic, I, I actually super agree. That is something that I knit with. Um, I think because the question specifically said fiber. So I thought like animal, animal fiber, like, like natural fiber. Yeah. But acrylic is super valid. I think more people should feel comfortable admitting that they knit with acrylic or crochet with acrylic. Like, yeah. Like I, 
it's plastic. I get it. But you know what? I don't have the money to spend on making a wool blanket. Yeah. So, <laughs> so acrylic it is. Absolutely. And I actually read a really, I f- wish I could remember who posted this, but I read a really good argument for why you might choose acrylic and why acrylic might actually be a more sustainable choice, which comes back to that argument of make things you're going to use. Mm-hmm. Because if you buy really expensive wool, like an all natural fiber, and you make a sweater, and it's a beautiful sweater, but then you don't wear the sweater and you don't use the sweater, then you've just created something that is absolutely useless. And what mm-hmm. is the point? Versus mm-hmm. if you buy an affordable acrylic and you take care of the thing that you make out of that yarn, it's not going in the trash. It's being used. And when you think about the amount of plastic that we consume in a day and throw out mindlessly. Single use. Yeah. Single use. Yeah. You're not, it's not a single use plastic. It's going to be worn. And then you can like darn it. And yeah. So it can, yeah, you can like extend the life even further than. So, yeah, I guess that's fair. I, mm. I see that. We have bamboo in the store. I know you have bamboo in the store. I've had that bamboo in my shopping cart ready to check out. And then I was like, no, you're, you're not going to, you don't have a reason for buying this. So don't do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what I would use it for. I think Kelsey had made, um, I think it was like a bamboo scarf or something. And the drape on that was ridiculous. And like, you know, it started off as like um, an infinity scarf. And then it just got longer and longer and still, instead of like wrapping it around once, you can wrap right. it around three times. Um, and I think she's swore off bamboo after that. I think you talked about this on a podcast. Uh, I think so. And, uh, or on an episode previously. And I, I remember, I distinctly remember her talking about like the, the growing sensation. And I think I've heard other people talk about bamboo growing and like they've knit like summer tops or something out of bamboo. And then it just, you wear it once and then and and then it's a dress yeah or a pinafore so i'm not sure what i would use with like use bamboo for yeah yeah i agree i i think it's beautiful but i don't know what i would use it for either is there any other fibers you would that you haven't used that you would like to try i, I want to try them all um like pokemon I, yeah gotta knit them all yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, we have, we have the three different hemp blends in the store and I just want to try them all because that's neat. The hemp wool in particular, like it's so beautifully heathered, Mm. um, yarn. And I think it would make just gorgeous sweaters. Mm. Yeah. What else? We, we had yak for a hot second. Um, we had three skeins and they got snatched up pretty much immediately. That makes sense. We have the cotton linen but it's lace and I don't know what I would do with lace. Linen always looks really crunchy to me. Like when you look at a skein. I'm like, glad that you used the word crunchy because I remember describing something else as crunchy and I was like, that's not right. Yarn's not crunchy, but like. No, but it can be. It's crunchy. It's crunchy. It's like, you look at it and it's like, this looks like straw. And then you touch it and it's like, this is not straw. It, but you yeah. look at it and you're like, this is. This is crunchy. crunchy. Yeah. Like I can, I know what that would feel like in my mouth. Yeah. Have you ever done that thought experiment, which is you can look at literally anything and know exactly what the texture of it would be? 
Absolutely. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things to do. I just sit in different rooms in my house and look at all the surfaces and just imagine licking them. What the taste would be and like what like the, the mouth feel. Yeah. Specifically the mouth feel is just like so visceral. It's, it's, I don't know. It's been a long pandemic. This is one of my favorite things to do. I have some Tenso um, that I just this morning discovered that I still had a scan of. I'm like, that would be really bad. <laughs> to, to, to like have in, in your mouth. Yeah. yeah. The mouth feel of Tenso I don't think would be very good. What exactly? Tensile is a plant fiber, right? I think so. Um, I got it in a yarn box like five, six, a lot of years ago. Um, I don't know what to do with it. And rather than looking it up, I hit it. So I didn't have to think <laughs> about it. Like many problems in life, just just put it in a box. Out it's of fine. sight, out of mind. I move too much for that to be a solution anymore. You just leave things in boxes. That's that's true. That's true. If you just never take it out of the box, you don't have to think about it. You have to go back in the box. Smart. That's smart. Did we cover all of Althea's questions? What fibers do you like and what fibers don't you like and what do you want to try? I think that, yeah, I think that was, I think it was all of them. The three, three prong discussion. I ranted about my my VFL versus Merino, mm -hmm. which was very important to me. <laughs> you got that out of your system? <laughs> I did research. I sat yesterday for, because I like knew all of it vaguely, but I was like, I'm going to refresh it so that I can just, I can nail the people. Just with like spit all, facts. Yeah, just, I, I want the people to know. If you're a dyer, it picks up dye just like incredibly in comparison to Merino, apparently. Good to know. Good to know. What else do I say? <laughs> we could talk about your most recent design that you're having tested right now. Yes. Um, you have a, do you have a couple on the go being tested? I have a couple right on the go, but the, the big one is the, the, big one. Um, the, the, the Crotigan. <laughs> um, so yeah, most recently I designed my first garment, um, which was, well, again, designed my first garment and actually wrote it down and then did all the things that go along with that, like grading for size and things like that. Um, so that was my first time attempting a garment pattern formally. Um, and it's out for testing right now. And one person has actually knit a whole cardigan based on a pattern I wrote. And it looks like a cardigan. And she like, she was wearing it in the photo she sent me. So like, it can be worn like a cardigan. It's really it's, exciting. It's a clothing item? <laughs> it's, it's a wearable thing that someone else made. Um, so that's really exciting. That's very uh, exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's a um, kind of an oversized big, I mean, you've seen it, but I'll describe it for other people who maybe haven't. It's a, a big oversized um, open front cardigan um, designed to just basically feel like wearing a blanket because that's what I like. Um, <laughs> and the back has a big um, kind of intarsia motif of a crow skull and some moon phases and some other witchy looking stuff because that's what I like to wear. Six of wands? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, it was an, inspired by um, one of my favorite tarot cards from a tarot deck that I have, which is the six of wands, um, which, yeah, just kind of all came together with a lot of my favorite things into this design. And apparently other people also liked it, which was really cool. We sent out a bunch of yarn for people to do these. 
test nets with and like some of the color combinations that people are doing are so cool and i can't wait to see what they look like this is genuinely the thing about designing um it's really cool it's a really gratifying experience when you make something that you like and then someone else multiple someone else's also like that thing enough to make it and one of the coolest things is the way other people will take that design and put their own interpretation or spin on it in a way that you would never imagine. And that's really, I feel sometimes kind of stupid because I feel like I'm just repeating myself over and over when people send me their progress pictures. And what I'm saying is just like, oh my God, I love the colors. And I literally just am always saying, I love the colors, but I, I do. I love seeing the way that people combine colors in ways that I would just never imagine. Mm-hmm. So I knit mine, my cardigan in just black with like a taupe or a beigey contrast color. And a lot of people are also knitting theirs in like black or in like a, a dark gray or a, a dark red or something. And then this one, I forget which person it was, but they, they came out and they were like, I'm going to knit mine in like a pale taupe color with a, a mauve contrast. Yeah. Oh. And I would never. That mauve taupe is gorgeous. It's so pretty. I would never, ever, ever have imagined putting those colors together for this pattern. But the second I read that that was what she was doing, I was like, oh my God, that's incredible. Of course, like that's going to be the best. I wish I had thought of that. <laughs> and then somebody else was doing the sapphire and the goldenrod. And I was like, yes, God. yes, that's also, I've seen a couple little sneak peeks of like what that's knitting up as. And it's really exciting. There's another one that is in black, but her contrast color is like bright red. And so it just makes it look kind of like diabolical. And that is incredible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's really exciting. Um, and it's, it's so cool that it's, it's so, so like it's two colors. Yeah, it's just two colors. But yeah, like color pairings are just. It makes it really unique. And I think that's the really cool thing about knitting is just the ability to look at a design and then you kind of get to be like, yes, I love this design, but I can also do it my way in exactly the way that I want. Yeah. Which is, I mean, why I think a lot of us start knitting because we want to make things that we like. But then you get paralyzed by choice and have to make six of the same sweater because you just also that can't decide. <laughs> I, I have genuinely given myself like anxiety sweats trying to choose yarn for a pattern or the reverse, which is I have like a sweater quantity of like a couple colors of yarn. And then I try to find a pattern that will fit that yarn. And it's the same problem all over again. It's just like, well, here's 12 different sweater patterns I want to knit. And then suddenly I am Kelsey and I've got 30 sweaters on my needles. It's a problem. The other cool thing about the pattern and I also, I credit Bisitual a lot for this is um, a lot of people are knitting out of, knitting theirs um, using the same yarn that I chose for the pattern, um, which is Knitsier. Um, wool, just it's just a regular worsted weight wool, um, but it's a Canadian company. It's a it's based in Mississauga, which is near Toronto for people who aren't Toronto people. But yeah, it's a it's a Toronto area company that um, produces affordable wool, which I think is such an important thing. Um, so what was really cool is that um, not only was I able to knit my sweater out of this perfectly lovely, like really great wool. Um, I was able to knit mine out of it and it was affordable, but 
um, a lot of other people also ordered through Bistitual, um, ordered the same yarn from the same company. Um, and I just think that's a really cool thing because so much of the yarn community, because it's online and because it's on Instagram and, and everyone loves posting like pretty pictures of like the beautiful yarn that they bought. Um, there's a certain amount of inaccessibility that sometimes comes with that because absolutely indie dyers are amazing and I wanna support them. And I think that they are absolutely worth every dollar that you spend on their yarn, but I can't afford to knit a whole sweater out of indie dyed yarn most of the mm -hmm. time. Um, and so that was really important to me um, in designing the sweater and also in getting people to knit the pattern, um, especially test knitters because test knitting is a really, um, it's a big, volunteer commitment from somebody to just knit a whole sweater for you um, while also like editing your pattern a little bit and like pointing out mistakes because it's not just knitting it's also like giving feedback and tracking your yardage it's a lot of there's a lot of extra work with test knitting that I really appreciate um, so on top of that it's a giant sweater especially for larger sizes so it's a lot of yarn mm -hmm. so having an option available for people that is still like beautiful wool to work with but it's affordable um, and being able to highlight that um, you can make really beautiful things out of affordable materials is that's a really cool aspect of it to me yeah like we we joke that we opened the store so that we could use you know the fancy yarn and stuff but like I keep going back and ordering knit CA stuff for myself because I'm like it's it's good yeah the colors are like beautiful. If you just are looking for, you know, like solid color um, yarn, um, it's really pretty. Um, and I really, I actually really like the, um, the, the woolly warmth, which is what I used for the sweater is just a regular British wool. It's not Merino or anything cause Merino. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, it's perfectly wearable and soft and cozy and it is warm. The warmth in the, the, wool name like the name the it just it's no joke I wear that thing like on my walk to work and I am sweating by the time I get to work because well I'm also wearing it with like a knit hat and a shawl and glove you know I'm I'm wearing three sheep's worth of yarn on. <laughs> yeah yeah we were very happy to be able to like offer a variety of of yarns from Nitsier because accessibility is very important because yeah, I don't know. I, again, I always feel awkward talking about affordability and talking about my love of like affordable yarn brands, because I also really do value um, what indie dyers do. And I think they're incredible. And, um, and honestly, yarn should probably cost more. It, it should, like, if you did truly value, like, I mean, everything, everything in the world should cost more if you want to add, like, yeah, want to adequately a big picture, like, when you when you think about like literally anything that's created someone is not being paid enough yeah in that supply chain no matter what you do um but <laughs> that that's a bigger conversation <laughs> capitalism <laughs> it took me it took me 6 hours to write a one page paper on neoliberalism because i had to condense my thoughts into one page worth what kind of sadistic teacher is asking someone to only use one page <laughs> it was it was for my intro to community services class so it was just supposed to be like some thoughts and i'm like oh buddy buckle up <laughs> fair enough 
but uh hand-painted yarns are great indie dyers are great oh they're fantastic um and like again uh, what i was saying was like i sort of feel awkward bringing up the the sort of delicacy of like affordability versus artistry because it shouldn't be in opposition um but i feel that people sometimes get very defensive when you talk about um, you know, I, knitting with affordable yarns and and talking about financial accessibility because there's always uproars about one designers partnering with expensive yarn brands, um, and you you end up with you know four hundred dollar sweaters, four hundred dollar sweaters for like the smallest size, which is absurd. But at the same time, absolutely the the amount of um, skill and expertise and color theory and and artistry that goes into even just one skein of hand dyed yarn is incredible and should be adequately um, compensated and appreciated. And I don't want to take that away from indie dyers. Some of my like very good friends in the community are indie dyers and I think they are fabulous people who deserve all of the money. But um, there's just, I don't know, I feel like there's, there's a balance that needs to be struck because a lot of us can't afford <laughs> to spend $400 on a sweater. I certainly can't, but I feel like there's sometimes an undercurrent of kind of looking down on using like Lion Brand instead of using. Oh, for sure. Even like. You get like that kind of imposter syndrome when you're using it. Yeah. Like you're not, you're not a real knitter. Or I, I have a lot of friends who knit, who comment like, oh, you know, I never buy indie yarn for myself because I don't feel like I'm a good enough knitter for it. And I was like, well, okay <laughs> Who, who's a good enough knitter for anything like if you knit then you if you can if you can knit a thing then you can knit a thing yeah it's complicated it is complicated and it's also an interesting kind of like turning the craft on its head because when you think about the roots of knitting it was a, a handcraft that people used as a very functional thing they weren't making you know like luxury sweaters that they were never going to wear they were knitting socks and scarves and gloves and things that you needed to keep warm because you couldn't go to walmart and buy it mm -hmm. um, you had to make it yourself and so it wasn't a luxury craft by any means but now here we are in 2021 where apparently <laughs> it's just fine <laughs> so it's, it's interesting I, I spend way too much time thinking about these sorts of things could be thinking about other things like doing my laundry, but I choose to think about yarn. That's fair. That's totally valid. I don't know. What's, what, what's your favorite affordable yarn that you use other than Nitsia? Cause I feel like we, we did a good love, love in on Nitsia and why it's wonderful. My, my loops and threads impeccable is you, you can't go wrong. I've never actually knit with loops and threads, but I keep seeing it. Like I, I prefer it over um, Red Heart Super Saver. I mean, I, I don't like Red Heart, period. I've knit with a lot of Red Heart because I grew up in a, um, a a very small rural Ontario community. And um, I, I didn't know that like hand-dyed yarn was a thing until I think maybe last year when I joined Instagram. Um, I really didn't. I, I only knew what Michael's had and maybe Walmart. Um, and... Red Heart just, I've knit with so much of it and I've never liked it. I've never enjoyed it. Lion Brands, solid, solid yarn company. Yeah, no, I'm not a big fan of Red Heart. Yeah, Loops and Threads is good. I don't know, what else What else is on the agenda? I, I, we ranted about yarns. We ranted about yarns. We talked about 
designing and affordability and accessibility. I don't know if there was an agenda. I, I don't come up with the agenda. Kelsey does. <laughs> I failed in my role. I am not the true Kelsey. <laughs> okay. Well, you're fired. And I guess Kelsey will be back next week. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> that was my true agenda. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. Thank you so much for, for joining me and for filling in. Oh, it's a pleasure. I hope we basically agreed that I, I was replacing Kelsey and that she's going to dye her hair turquoise. That's my takeaway. Kelsey okay, I'll let her know. Yeah. I think I have some, so like... Perfect. We're halfway there. Living on a prayer. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Vice Stitch Hole podcast. You can find our show notes, including photos and links to patterns and designers and the things we talk about on our website, bystitchholepodcast.ca. We're on Instagram as at bystitchholepodcast. You can find me at underscore dangerous John and Kelsey at kelseygrammar23. Please consider leaving a rating or review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and help us reach more disaster queer yarn folk. Join our Discord server and you can find a link to it on our website or in the link in our Instagram bio.